People's Church at Home service. If you would like for us to form part of your social feed, simply subscribe to our YouTube and Facebook page, but also share a link of the service so that you are a blessing to others. My name is Koni Maswangani, and I will be the one to take you through the service this morning. If you are connecting with us for the first time or you're just visiting, we are so excited to have you. We have prepared for you. Kindly head over to the link below and fill out the digital welcome card. Now, for the elephant in the room. This week, tensions have been soaring high in our church family. Unrest and frustration set us up to worry. Where there's worry, people tend to doubt God's presence. It is what the enemy thrives on. Church, let us remember that his mission is always to steal, kill, and destroy. The devil steals our peace. He kills our morale. And ultimately, he destroys our faith. In times like these, I'm reminded of Solomon's proverb that says, Trust in the Lord with your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways and in all that you do, he shall direct your paths. You know why? Because God is faithful. Let us close our eyes and pray. Father God, you who are mighty and eternal, the God who is, who was, and always will be, we come together this morning to place our fears, our worries, and our doubts 
in your hands, my King, because you, we are believers and your word renews our hope and reminds us that no matter what happens around us, no matter what happens to us, you can always work all things out for the good of those who love you. Restore our church, my King. Fill the cracks where division is trying its luck and make us whole again. Unite us, my Lord God. Your declaration is that you are the Lord who heals us. Jehovah Rapha, whom we trust in. Your promises are yes and amen. We pray for Pastor Mondli and Kolo, and we pray for their next chapter, O oh Lord God. Lead the way, my King. Bless their journey. For the doors that you open, no one can shut. And the doors that you shut, no one can open. We pray for Pastor Elijah and Pastor Eunice and the leadership of this church. Help us, O oh Lord God, to pray for them always. Help us to support them in their roles that you have placed them in. We pray, my King, for the members of People's Church, old and young alike. Strengthen our faith, my King. Life has shown us that you are, not in, you are more interested in our characters than you are in our comfort. You are our rock, our redeemer, the solid rock that this church is built on. You are removable, unshakable. You are our fortress forever. We make, you are the one who makes things new. And we believe that you can do the same for our church. We give you all the honor. We give you all the praise and all of the glory. For you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask, think, or even imagine through the power that is working through us, the power that is the Holy Spirit. We pray this in the mighty, eternal name, the name that is above all names, the name of our champion, the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We will now have a song of worship that will be followed by the offering message that is shared by Brother Eugene Masangani.
Good day, everyone, and it's such an honor for me to share the offering message with you today. Firstly, I'd like to greet you all in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Brethren, in a moment, we are going to take this morning's offering, and I encourage us to give willingly without any reservation. Let us look at what the Bible tells us about a cheerful giver. Our scripture reference today can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 and it reads as follows from the new international version each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver if I were to ask how many people enjoy receiving gifts I'm certain that the entire assembly would say that they enjoy receiving gifts the truth is that it is an exceptional act when someone goes out of their way 
to find something that you would enjoy in the form of a gift. Giving someone a gift is a great way of showing them that you care. Inversely, how would you feel if someone gave you a gift but they had a frown on their face? Would that not make you just think and make it plain obvious that they didn't want to give you the gift in the first place? Maybe they were forced by someone to give you the gift. The answer is no. A gift comes from the heart. So what the Apostle Paul was actually saying to the church in Corinth was that God loves a cheerful giver. That we should give gifts because God, is, God loves us and because he deserves the gifts and because we love him. I believe that God will bless us when we sow with a cheerful heart. What an honor it is to be able to sow cheerfully into the Lord's kingdom and for him to bless us financially in return. As I close, may, I, may our confession be this morning that Father, I come before you to, today as a cheerful giver. I'm excited to give into your kingdom and I believe that you will multiply this seed sown and you will increase the fruits of righteousness. I believe and act on your word. Amen. Hi, my name is Shalom Belempini and I'll be your newsreader for today. And now let's take a look at what's happening in the life of the church. Anyone interested in joining the worship team or wanting to learn to play a musical instrument can send us a WhatsApp message to the number that appears on the screen. If you're a young adult, come through to the church on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. and refreshments will be provided. Every Tuesday from 5 to 6 a.m., we have dawn prayers on WhatsApp. If you would like to start your day with us through prayer, send us a WhatsApp to the number on the screen to be added to our WhatsApp dawn prayer group. Every Wednesday from 6 to 7 p.m., we have our in-person prayer gathering. There's no need to pre-book, just come along and everyone is welcome. Designed, which is our youth program, will be taking place every Friday at 6 p.m. Anyone from the ages of 11 up to high school are more than welcome to join us. Men of Destiny Conference is happening on Saturday, the 23rd of October, 2021, from 9.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. at Cornerstone Church. Pastor Odu Rashavambela, as the guest speaker, will be encouraging us around the theme, Take Charge, Part the Waters, from Exodus chapter 14, verse 16. See you there. On the 24th of October, we will be having a special service. We will be ordaining our new elders. Please be sure to attend and show support. Please remember to pre-book to attend our Sunday physical gatherings. You will find the link on events.peopleschurchplk.org. That's events.peopleschurchplk.org. And that brings us up to date with what will be taking place in the life of our church this coming week. We will now welcome Brother Martin Mashaba, who will bless us with the word of God. And remember, faith comes by hearing and hearing through the word.
Greetings to the all children of God on this uh, wonderful day that the Lord has made in which we rejoice and we are happy that uh, we, have still, we are still once more blessed to be given this um, opportunity. Uh, my name is Martin Mashaba and I'm going to be uh, sharing the word with you what God has placed in my heart. But before we, we do that, I want us to just pray and commit this um, session to the Lord and ask that the Holy Spirit will come and speak to each one of us. Let's pray. Father, we come before you right now. We thank you that you are the God who knows each one of us by name. You are the God who has a good plan for each one of us, and you are the God who sends your word that your plan might be accomplished in our lives. Right now, as we are going to be looking at your word, we come humbling ourselves, Father, before you, and we pray that you will speak through us, speak to us, and you know what each one of us needs, and therefore, Father, I pray that, Lord, you will speak according to our needs and that you will meet the need that we have. Thank you for your word, which is mighty. You said it is powerful and is able to uh, bring down and destroy all strongholds, and right now, any stronghold that is in the lives of your people, any stronghold in our lives, they are going to be destroyed when the word is preached. In the name of Jesus, Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your holy name. Amen. And the whole church says amen. And amen says that we are saying, yes, Lord, whatever you are going to say to us, we are receiving it. As I said, my name is um, Martin Mashaba, and um, I'm going to be sharing the word with you. Um, it is indeed a pleasure that uh, God has uh, granted me this grace that I can come and share this word uh, with you. Um, we are going to be sharing on a topic um, that... Um, Sometimes it may sound like it's a, it's a bit uh, difficult, but the topic I'm going to be talking about today is the presence of God in affliction. The presence of God in affliction. And um, I would try to be very, as concise as possible. But um, as I'm going to be sharing uh, uh, the word, I, I want um, uh, people to realize uh, uh, something. Maybe let me start here. First of all, to say that I am born again, because sometimes people may wonder, who is this one who is talking to us? I am born again, and uh, I am um, uh, pastoring a church uh, in uh, a village called Matobole, and um, the, 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 this is where God is um, using us, and that is where God has uh, revealed himself to us in a mighty way. But um, I think the testimonies about that church will come for an, uh, on another day. For, for now, I just want to say that I'm going to be talking to you about the topic of uh, God in affliction. And um, if perchance down the line I lose you, I want you to remember these uh, five points. These are the main points on, on what I'm going to be uh, talking about. And if you indeed down the line forget anything that I've said, remember these five things. The first one is that, um, uh, which is what I called our take-home points. The first one is that um, everyone is destined for afflictions. That is the first point. The second one is that um, afflictions are painful. The third one, that afflictions are meant for our good and not destruction. The fourth one, God is afflicted with us, which means he is afflicted the same way that we are afflicted. And the fifth one is that his presence is the one that takes us through them 
takes us through these, uh, these afflictions. So those are the main points that I'm going to be uh, uh, bringing to you. And uh, if indeed somehow you miss anything that I'm going to say, remember these, um, these uh, uh, five points. Our main scripture for, for today is in Isaiah 63 verse 9. Isaiah 63 verse 9 says that um, in all their afflictions, he was afflicted and the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them, and he bare them and carried them all the days of old. And the main thing that I'm going to be is focusing on, the first part, in all their affliction, he was afflicted, and the angel of his presence uh, saved them. So afflictions are there, people are afflicted, is talking about the, uh, the, the nation of Israel when they were going through uh, 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 different afflictions, but I'm not going to go into it. But he's saying that uh, when they were afflicted, he was afflicted with them, and the angel of his presence saved them. Now, when we look at this, and especially also if you check uh, the, um, uh, the title of our message today, it, it sounds like there might be contradictions here, because we are talking about... Um, afflictions and you are wondering is, is it not some contradictions because affliction on their own afflictions on their own they it refers to something that is painful it's not a nice thing when somebody says I'm afflicted it means there is something there's an external force that is coming upon him that is making him not to feel very nice so it is painful uh, and it is also referring to a state of being uh, afflicted. So a person who is under affliction is a person who is in a state that is not nice. And now you ask yourself, but if you are born again, can you be afflicted? Uh, because when we got born again, we were told, most of us, that uh, now things are going to be uh, nice, things are going to be okay. It's like now you're going to have heaven on earth. But all of a sudden... And most of the times, a few weeks or a few months after being uh, born again, it looks like all things uh, start crashing around you and you start being afflicted. And, and now you are saying, but how do you marry this two? I am born again, I am a child of God, and I am afflicted. And the, the scripture even says that um, if you are in Christ, um, if you are born again, it says you are seated in the heavenlies with Christ. And you ask yourself, if I am seated in heaven, I'm expecting that heaven is, um, a, 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 is paradise and I don't expect that I should be afflicted. I should be walking here on earth with everything going well for me because I am seated in the heavenlies. And the, the verse that we read also said that uh, God is afflicted with us. And uh, 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 you are asking, how can God be afflicted together with me? Is, is he a human being that he can be uh, uh, afflicted? And these are the contradictions or apparent contradictions that I want us to, uh, to look at today and see what it is that the, the word of God is saying about afflictions. And why is it that we need to know what the word of God is saying about afflictions? It's because afflictions are our destiny. And um, uh, uh, this, for me, is important. If you, look, you read First uh, Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, uh, I will just quickly read it. It says that, that no man should be moved by these afflictions. No man should be moved. It means you should not be shaken by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are, we are appointed thereunto. We are appointed for these things. We are appointed for afflictions. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation even as it came to pass and you know, which means you have gone through these tribulations 
as I told you. And uh, uh, he, he's saying, it's, it's Apostle Paul who's talking to the church uh, in Thessalonica. And he says, we told you before that we should. Now, it doesn't say maybe, it says we should. So it's something that is going to happen. John 16 verse 33 says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. It's Christ talking to his disciples. In this world, you will have trouble. He is not saying maybe. He's saying you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So we can see from those two scriptures and there are others that I will not go into, that the issue about uh, afflictions and tribulations and trouble and hard times, they are our destiny. They are where we are going. Now, uh, if indeed these are our destinations, uh, what should it be telling us? It means that for each one of us as individuals, as families, any organization, as a church, in the life of that organization or that individual, afflictions will come. There is a saying uh, that uh, forewarned is forearmed, which I'll, I'll come to right now. But why do we talk about uh, this? It's because we know that the issue of afflictions and trouble and hard times is not a matter of if, it's simply a matter of when is it going to happen. It's almost like uh, when a child has gone to, um, uh, to study and they are in, uh, in school. It's a matter of when the examinations and tests will come. Not if, for you go to school and the reason or the destination that uh, uh, you, you, are, uh, you are faced with is that down the line you are going to have to write tests which you must pass through. And uh, why, why do we say you must pass through them? Is because these afflictions and these tests are not meant to be permanent. They are meant to be temporary. And if we had time, we would go into this um, a particular topic that they are meant to be temporary. And we are saying they are meant to be temporary because if you are not a Christian, then it's a different story. If you are not a, a Christian, afflictions can actually be your final destination. If you are a Christian, we are saying that, um, uh, 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 agreeing with what um, Paul says in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4, verse 17. Uh, quickly reading it, it says, For our light affliction, he's saying it's affliction, but they are light. Almost like the same way that um, Christ said that, uh, Take my yoke upon you, which is light. So it's not that you are free, the yoke you must put upon you, but it is light. So, um, uh, the Apostle Paul says the same thing. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, for a moment, which means they come to pass. They are here, they are temporary. It says these afflictions worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. But the main thing here is they are temporary. If you are a Christian, if you are not a Christian, it's a different story. If you are not a Christian, we could go into this topic and just indicate that uh, afflictions have ended the lives of many people because when the afflictions came, they did not have any hope. 
all hope seemed lost and they did not see a reason to live beyond uh, tomorrow. And some of them could not even face tomorrow. And that is why um, we go to bed, we go to our different homes at night, and uh, somebody uh, whom we were with uh, this, this afternoon or in the morning, when you wake up the following morning, you are told that, no, that person uh, died overnight. And some of them even killed themselves. Why? The reason is afflictions came and because they are not having any hope, for them that affliction or that trouble became the final destination and they decided that there is no hope uh, for me. But for us, the Bible says in, um, in the book of uh, Colossians 1 verse 27 that Christ in us, the hope of glory. And where there is hope, there is always light at the end of, uh, of the tunnel. And this hope is, is, is what? That these afflictions, they will come but they are temporary. Now, if you know that the afflictions will come, it will obviously be very ill-advised, I'm afraid, I don't want to use the word foolish, to live as if you are in paradise and everything will go well. If you know that down the line, you are going to, uh, to meet afflictions, what do you do? Because as we said, it's our destiny. It's something that all of us are going to have to, uh, to go through. And if we are going to go through them, then prepare for it. It's almost like a child who knows that they are going to be writing exams or they are writing tests and they are sitting there watching TV the whole day. They are not preparing themselves. When the test comes, as we know that it will come, that child is going to fail. The same thing with us. If we as individuals, as a church, as a nation, we do not prepare ourselves for the afflictions that are going to come, then when they come, they are going to destroy us. And we will wonder what has happened. Now, when the afflictions come, what do we do? In uh, the, the, the book of Psalms 121 verse 1 and 2, King David says, I lift my eyes to the, to the mountains. Where does my help come from? And he says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And just in passing, I want to indicate that uh, uh, let us not misinterpret this verse to mean that our help will come from the mountains. Because some people, when they read it, they are saying that um, uh, I lift up my eyes to the mountains where my help comes from. It doesn't say that. He's saying, I'm it's like I'm wondering, I am in this distress, and I'm looking out there, and I'm saying, where will my help come from? But he then answers himself, and he says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. So he has identified where his help is going to come from. And if you read again in Psalm 46, verse 1, he uh, uh, goes forward to say that this God is an ever-present help in time of trouble, if you just read it, it says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, ever-present help in, in affliction. The word ever-present, ever-present, it's, it's something that um, if you go back to the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 3, where uh, uh, God was was sending Moses to go and, um, and, 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 and release or uh, tell Pharaoh to release the children of Israel. And uh, Moses then says to, to God, he says, when I go to the Israelites and I tell them that um, their God has sent me, and they ask me, who is this God who has sent you? What will I say? Who will I say? And if you read uh, verse 14 there, <clears throat> 
or if we just, let me just quickly read it, the whole of it. It says, Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. I wish I had time to talk just about this verse because this verse for me captures the essence of who God is to us. God did not try to explain himself to the Israelites. He, he's simply saying to Moses, go and tell them, I am. That word, I am, this is where uh, the, 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 the word Jehovah comes from. If you read in uh, Exodus chapter 6, it goes further into this uh, explaining this, this term here about Jehovah, God revealing himself as, um, as, as Jehovah. But the main thing that God wanted Moses to know is that uh, when you think about me as God, don't think about me as a God who is far away and who is not touched by your afflictions and by your troubles and a God who does not know and who does not see what you are going through. He is saying to him, let the children of Israel know when they call me by my name that I am ever present. Actually, uh, uh, the, 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 the God says also in the book of Jeremiah that I am the God who fills the heavens and the earth. So there is nowhere, whether in heaven or on earth or anywhere in the whole universe where God is not present. He is a God who is ever present. So no matter what you go through, no matter what comes your way, God is there. He is there with you because he is an ever-present help. Now, if you, you read uh, uh, Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 3, in Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 3, God says to, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, uh, through the, the, the prophet Isaiah that when you go through deep waters and you go through rivers, you will not drown and fires will not burn you. This is a verse that we need to make personal to ourselves, that when I go through fires, when I go through uh, deep waters, I will not drown. Whether I cross a river, I will not drown. Whether I go through a fire, I will not, I, I, it will not. If we had time, we could talk about the symbolism of water to say, what does it mean to go through waters? But the main thing here is that God is saying, even if you go through, uh, these things. He says, when you go through, and we have just said that the afflictions will come. So we know that when we go through, when we are walking, as we are traveling on our way uh, to, uh, 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 to heaven, as we are traveling on this uh, road that we are on, we know that down the line, we are going to get into deep waters. We know that down the line, we are going to get uh, deep rivers. We know that down the line, we are going to get fires. But what we know is that God said, when you go through, uh, through them, they will not burn you. That fire will not burn you. That river will not sweep you away. And that water will not drown you. This is what God is uh, 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 saying to us. And he's saying, these things will not harm you. The, what is the reason? The reason is, he will be with us. That, that is the, the, the gist of the matter. The reason is he will be with us. Child of God, let me assure you, the things that you have escaped up to now, had it not been that God was with you, they could have swept you away. 
You have gone through a lot of um, uh, trials and tribulations. You have gone through waters. You have gone through uh, 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 raging fires. You have been thrown uh, like um, the, the, the Hebrew boys. You have been thrown into a, a furnace that has been heated up seven times. But you are still standing today. Not because you, you were strong or because you are made of sterner stuff. It was because God was with you. And what God wants us to, to know when he is saying that um, um, I'm an ever-present help. He wants us to know that when we go through these um, difficult uh, situations, he is not watching from far. He is not watching from uh, heaven and looking down and wondering what is happening with us. That is not uh, uh, the, the, the God that we are, we are serving. That is not who he said he is. He is saying he's an ever-present help because he gets into the afflictions with us. He is here with us. He is an ever-present help. And that is why uh, when uh, he was uh, talking to, to Joshua, and just after Moses uh, uh, had um, lived his course and he had um, uh, fulfilled his mandate, God was now sending out uh, Joshua. And um, he says to Joshua, be courageous. He's saying, don't be discouraged. Be of good courage. Be of good courage. It's in Joshua 1 uh, verse 9. And he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For, that word for means because. The reason why you are supposed to be strong and courageous and not be afraid is because the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. He's saying, as, my, as your God, I will be with you wherever you go. For that is the reason why you must be uh, uh, strong and, and, and courageous. He is not saying that... Uh, you are, uh, you, 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 you are going to be able to do it on your own. He is saying the reason why I want you to be strong and courageous is because I am going to be with you. Now, it's, and the other reason is that it's not that the people he was sending them to, it's not that uh, when he was sending the Israelites into, into the land of Canaan, which they were supposed to go and uh, dispossess, um, the, the, the inhabitants of that land, it was not because those people there were weak. Actually, if you read about um, the nations they were going to dispossess, you will learn that they were actually very fierce nations. It says they had iron chariots, and some of them um, had walls that were like uh, extending up into the sky, and they were sure that no one will ever, ever break through. But God is saying, don't worry about these strongholds that you see that these people are going to have. He say, be, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I am uh, with you. And that is the main reason. Now, if you uh, read again in uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 8, uh, uh, Matthew 28, verse 18 to, uh, to 20, where... Christ was giving uh, his disciples the, 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 the great commission. It starts by saying, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he starts there. He's saying that I have got all authority. There is no greater power than me. And that is where he is starting. So before he, he tells them what to go and do, he's actually saying to them, All authority is given to me. There is no power greater than me. Therefore, 
For that reason, what reason? The reason that uh, I have been given authority. Because I have been given authority, I therefore say to you, go and make disciples. So whatever he is saying there, thereafter, it is because he is saying, I have been given authority. And because of that, do not be afraid of any force that you are going to meet with. And uh, in verse 20, and he says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So he is saying, I have got the authority. No power greater than me will ever come against you. And be assured, I am with you wherever you, you are going. Now, he was saying this thing, that, that was in Matthew. And in Matthew, he was saying to them uh, these words just before he left. But in John chapter 14, verse 18, he's actually saying to them, yes, even though physically it looks like I am going, but he says, John 14, verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as offense. I will come back to you. So physically it looks like I am going, but he's actually saying, yes, for now it looks like I'm going, but I will come to you. I will come back to you. And we know that uh, uh, how he came back uh, to them is through the, the Holy Spirit that um, was now going to be dwelling in them. He was no longer going to be walking beside them. And you remember when he promised them about the power of the Holy Spirit that was going to come, he said, the Holy Spirit that you know, he is currently with you, but at that time, he will be in you. And in this verse, he is now explaining that this is not just another force that is coming upon you. It's me coming back into you as in the form of the, of the Holy Spirit. So my presence, I am going to be there with you, not just alongside you, but inside you. Now you remember that verse uh, uh, that we, we, we read when we started. We said there that uh, the, the, the Lord said, when you are afflicted, when you are going through difficult times, I am there with you. And he then says, the angel of his presence, the angel of his presence is the one that rescued them. So his presence in our afflictions and in our trouble is the one that, um, that, 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 that is um, a, a, a rescuing them. Now look at what the, the, the apostle uh, Paul says in Ephesians 3 uh, verse 20. When he's talking about this issue that the power to overcome is now inside of us. It's no longer a power that is sitting in the temple somewhere or in Jerusalem or in Nazareth that will need to go and ask permission to see uh, that power that was sitting or uh, th that was housed in the, in the person of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's no longer that power that is there. This power is now in us. In Ephesians 3 verse 20, he says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. I am blessed by this verse. You know, this verse, um, if you read there at, at the beginning, it's actually saying that when you ask, when you pray, you may pray a prayer that looks to you, it looks like it's, it's just this, this much. But 
it says when God answers back, he does immeasurably more, which means that uh, what you are going to be receiving back from him is much, much more than what you have given. That is, it's much, much more than the prayer that you have prayed. I wish I had time to talk about this, this matter of prayer being a seed, that when you plant a seed, you don't get back that seed that you have planted. You get something that is much, much more bigger. And therefore, when you pray, you, you might think that you are just praying that, God, please bless me. Please bless me with a husband. Please bless me with a job. God sees beyond that need that you are, you are asking. Because the, in, 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 this, in this verse, it says, he does immeasurably more than what you can ask or imagine. What you have asked is not only what God is going to give you. Yes, indeed, we need to ask. Indeed, as, as we know that uh, you cannot expect to harvest if you have not planted. You need to plant first so that you can harvest. But, but, and after you have planted, then you will harvest. So we need to pray so that God can then uh, 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 give us the harvest. But moving away from that, because that is a topic for another day, the, 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 the Bible then says, after you have prayed, God will answer as we have said, more than what you have asked. But look at what it says towards the end of that verse. It says, according to his power that is at work within us. So that power that he's going to use to, uh, to, 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 to ask, uh, okay. So the, 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 the Bible then says that God answers us immeasurably more than what we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. So that power that he is going to use to answer us, it's not out there. You remember when we spoke about um, uh, 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 King David when he was praying and he was saying, I look to the mountains, where will my help come from? And we said, our help is not coming from out there. And we know that uh, this is what people are missing. The people of this world, when they are in trouble, they look around them. They look outside. They look to the mountains and they are looking for help, but they cannot get help anywhere. And that is why the Bible even says that you must not put your trust in men. And because people who are not born again, people who don't have Christ in them, when they are afflicted, when things are tough, they look to people and they are asking if there's anybody who can be able to, uh, to help them. But the, 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 the Bible says you are actually uh, making things worse because the God then says that cursed is a man who places his trust in men. You are cursed if when you are in afflictions, instead of looking to the God who is able to assist you, you start looking outside and you expect people to assist you. Don't be surprised when people are not able to assist you because they are also having their own challenges. They are also having their own problems. Those who can help will help. But the reason why they are not able to meet your need fully is because you are looking at the wrong thing. You are looking at the wrong source. The source for your assistance when you are in trouble. It's inside of you. For that is what uh, Paul is saying. He says he, he is going to work 
according to his power that is at work within us. So what we need to succeed, it's here. It's habited in us. God has already put it in us. God has already done his work to ensure that what we need to succeed is here. So when you go into, into that fire, there is a, a saying that I like, uh, that um, as a Christian, you are already given a self-escape mechanism, which means the day you get born again, God has already put in you a mechanism through which you can escape any fire that uh, is, uh, has been lit for you. We know the issue, uh, the, the, the story about uh, uh, Paul and Silas, that when they were put in prison, when they were put in prison, physically, physically, there was no way out. Physically, the jailers had done all that they were supposed to do. The jail was, uh, was locked down and there were jailers, there were guards who were uh, 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 guarding them and they, it even says that they were put in the inner room and not just in the inner room, their feet were put in stocks and they were tied down. So, physically, there was no way that uh, they, they could escape. There was no way that anybody from outside could come and assist. And most of, of you, most of you, most of us, some of us at this present moment, you are sitting in a situation where you are thinking, where will my help come from? Most of you, where you are right now, you are probably maybe like, um, like, 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 like the Apostle Paul when he cried out, wretched man that I am, who can help me? Because you, you realize that People are not able to help you. But let me give you this assurance. The help that you need is within you. Why? Because the God that you have accepted is not a God who is now living in a temple. He has now chosen in these last days to come and dwell in us. He has now chosen in these last days that he is going to use us as his temple. And that is why the Bible says, don't you know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And it's, it's some way it even says, don't you know that you are a temple in which God dwells by his spirit. So God dwells in us by his spirit. This God who is dwelling in us by his spirit, he's the same one who said he's a consuming fire. He's the same one who said he's a consuming fire. And therefore, if this consuming fire is habited in you, if this consuming fire is sitting in you. There is nothing that you go through that can be able to defeat you. And it, it, it even says, uh, God says that he has given us weapons that are mighty for pulling down of strongholds. That affliction, that problem that is uh, 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 now giving you sleepless nights, it might have led many people to even commit suicide, but it will not happen with you. Why? Because sitting, habitat in you, inside of you, you You've got a self-escape mechanism. You've got a power that is much more powerful than any force outside of you that can try to come and, uh, and afflict you. That force, that power is inside of you and that is what God is going to use. I want you to understand, my brothers and sisters, that when you pray to God, most of us, we, we think that God is going to be answering from up there. We see God as a God who is up there in heaven. Remember what happened when uh, uh, Christ 
was crucified. The Bible says that when he was crucified, the moment that he died, the curtain in the temple was torn in two to indicate that now there is no longer a separation between us and God. A God who was all this time being seen as a God who is just in, in the temple. Now that God has come, and he even says that uh, the temple of God has now come and it's amongst us. And if it is amongst us, then we know that we are working with a power that is much more powerful than any force that we can go through. I want you to be encouraged, my brothers and sisters. I'm coming to an end with this scripture. Romans 8 verse 28 says that in all things... Uh, if, we, if I read it, it says, and we know that God causes everything to work together. It doesn't say God stops things that are bad from coming our way. But he says when they do come, he causes them. Uh, other version says in all things God works for the good. Other says that uh, uh, all things work for the good. But I like this version that says uh, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So if you are called by God, if you are a child of God, you are called by God for his purpose and he will cause all these things to work together for your good. And uh, uh, if we go back to 2 Corinthians 4 verse 17, what did it say? It said, this momentary momentary light afflictions, they work for us a glorious, glorious uh, purpose. So something good is going to come. I want you to be encouraged. What the devil wants to do when we go through afflictions is to make us lose hope. Once you lose hope, then you are in serious trouble. I want you to know that uh, Colossians 1 verse 27 says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. In that uh, uh, terrible situation, that affliction, that um, uh, uh, trouble that you are going through, know that uh, God is with you. Christ is in you. And he has said, this Christ, you know, when he was given to us, it was said, his name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So God is with us and he's working and with you, no matter what you are going through and even as you are going into those um, uh, uh, tribulations and the afflictions and the hard times, he is there with you not to see you drown, but to bring you out the other side victorious. Be assured, victory is certain. That is why uh, Paul says that in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Be encouraged, children of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name for your word. We thank you that you speak to us according to our need. And right now that you have spoken to us, our master, we receive what you have said. And we stand, Father, together right now, acknowledging that you have said you are an ever-present help in time of trouble. You have said when we go through these difficult times, you are here with us. And when you are here with us, oh God, we know that salvation is here and father we are going to come out of these situations the other side we are going to be glorious father i thank you and i declare right now for each one of your children that whatever situation that they are going through right now baba you have said in your word you will make that situation to work for they are good and therefore we declare right now we proclaim it even right now that 
Only good will come out of any situation that we are, we are, we are going through. We stand against the spirit of, uh, of the evil one, the spirit that brings lies, that wants us to believe that you, you have deserted us, that you have forgotten about us. You said there is no way that you can forget about us. For to you, we are like a child at his, at his mother's uh, breast. And Father, we thank you that you are with us and you will continue to fight on our behalf. Father, we give you the glory. Father, we give you the honor. We pray in the name of Jesus that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will continue to remind us of these things that you have taught us. Father, we thank you. Father, we bless your holy name. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory. Father, we give you the honor. Amen. Be blessed, children of God, and go out with your head held high, knowing that victory is certain, for you are walking with the King of Kings, the one who said that all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. Be blessed. Amen.